Coming up, Xander Bogarts did not sign with the D-backs and instead signed with another NLS team. What does it mean for the division and the D-backs? And then we're looking at potential free agent targets to make us feel better about Xander Bogarts not signing with our team. And then there's a team out there that's reportedly very interested in the D-backs outfielder. So we're going to break down that report as well on today's Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Dimebacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. I'm Miller Thomas, host of this wonderful podcast. I'm a a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24, at myportfolio.com. I'm there you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked on Dimebacks, both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle, and of course, Thank you for making Locked On Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. One of those platforms that we need more help growing in is YouTube, so please hit subscribe on the Locked On Diamondbacks YouTube. Now, we're going to start this podcast off and get a little negative and get a little sad because... Last night, I got the worst news I could have seen on my Twitter account, the worst Twitter notification I could have gotten because you guys know I'm a closet Red Sox fan. And as this D-backs host, I've really gotten invested in the NOS the last few years. And I got this friendly rivalry with all the NOS hosts. And one of those hosts is Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres. And we just got, you know, friendly beef, but there is beef between our two teams when we do these podcasts, when we talk about these teams um, outside the podcast, when we watch these two teams play in real life, like these two teams definitely got a rivalry going, probably more one-sided for the Padres than anything else. But also personally, I got some Padres fans in my work office. I love to clown them um, whenever I get the chance to. And after seeing that notification last night that Xander Bogarts was signing with the San Diego Padres, I just like I, I don't know how I was supposed to feel last night because there were just so many different emotions going through me. One, I was just absolutely heartbroken and devastated because as the Closet Red Sox fan, listen, I've been watching Xander Bogarts since he broke into the league at like age 19, age 20. This is someone that's been in my life for over a decade as I started to hit the teenage years and puberty, this is someone that was taken off at the same time. Like, I'm only a few years younger than Xander Bogarts, and he's someone that's been throughout my life, through middle school, through high school, through college, and now my first professional job. This guy has been through me, been by my side, through my ups and downs for the last part of a decade. But now, I have to watch him leave the Boston Red Sox and go to the team that I hate the most in the division. It's not the Dodgers, because to me, the Dodgers are like the freaking sun. Like, I know they're going to rise tomorrow. I know the Dodgers are going to be a constant side in my 
constant thorn in my side because they're such a smart organization. They know how to spend money wisely, who to spend money on, and they can go out there and sign any free agent they want. They can trade for any player that they want. They also know how to develop players. So the Dodgers are not that, like I hate the Dodgers, but it's like I know they're going to be there. They're too smart of an organization not to be. But the San Diego Padres, this is a a franchise that feels like the D-backs, a team that it's kind of small market, but over the last few years, I've just kind of flipped their philosophy. It's not like they have a great history when it comes to winning or anything like that, but they've been able to flip their philosophy the last few years when it comes to their aggressiveness that they want when it comes to spending money. And AJ Preller does not play around when it comes to spending money. And now I have to see him go out there and sign Xander Bogarts, one of my three favorite players in baseball, one of my, you know, for non D backs players, like. I did not want to see that bombshell happen where Xander Bogarts go to the San Diego Padres. Like, that was the worst case, worst nightmare for me personally. He leaves the Red Sox after the Red Sox just mess around with him and his money the whole time. And then he goes to the Padres, the team that I hate the most in the division. It could not have been worse for me. F the Padres, where I'm not allowed to curse on the podcast anymore, but I will censor it by saying f the padres because now you look at that padres lineup and it's like so many people want to talk about oh my god 11 years for 280 they overpaid for xander bogarts and get and listen i don't think they overpaid for xander bogarts but definitely 11 years is too long like they're going to be paying xander bogarts until he's 41 years old but guess what xander bogarts is 30 years old and probably for the next five to seven years you get to watch bogarts manny machado fernando tatis and Juan Soto in their freaking prime as a fan. I don't care if the last four years of that Xander Bogart's deal is going to be crap. The next seven years of my life as a fan is watching those four in their prime. Like, we get too caught up in the years. And listen, I do the same thing when it comes to years and the money of these players. But personally, as a fan, like, you have to think about it in terms of real life. Like, I, I, I'm 25 years old. Like, I get to watch that core of my team until, like, I'm hitting my mid-30s. Like, that's what matters to me. Like, so many of these people are like, oh, my God, how can you hand out 11-year deal? Like, you're 60 years old. You might not even be around for the back end of the deal. Like, just enjoy the years of the prime you got the player on your favorite team right now. So, for me as a fan, it's like, yeah, the the those long seven-plus-year deals definitely hurt. Those definitely turned to Albatross contract on the back end. But if I got a ready-made team like the San Diego Padres, I just don't care about that. So shout out to all the Padres fans. Shout out to Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres because he is feeling good right now. And it's so funny because just the day before the San Diego, uh, just the day before the Xander Bogarts signing to the San Diego Padres, I was making jokes on Twitter because of that fake Aaron Judge signing to the San Francisco Giants. I was posing the question on Twitter. What's a worse feeling? The San Francisco Giants thinking that they signed Aaron Judge or the San Diego Padres thinking that they traded for Max Scherzer. And I felt like it was a pretty even poll. I felt like the, the feelings were split down the middle. But now, a day later, the, the San Diego Padres fans are rejoicing because they have Xander Bogarts in the building. Just absolutely insane. And I told you guys that the D-backs we're not going to get Xander Bogarts. I never believed that the D-backs were going to get him. I prayed and I wish casted that was going to happen, but I told you on my D-backs winter meeting prediction, we we're going to get the report. D-backs made an offer, but we're ultimately un we're ultimately outbid. And we didn't even get the offer that the D-backs we didn't see the report of the offer that the D-backs put out there, but there was no chance it was 11 years 280 or coming close to what the San Diego Padres offered. So no chance that Xander Bogarts was coming to the D-backs. 
And I, I just want to know like what the Red Sox are doing, what's their plan of action, because I talked about yesterday how I didn't like how much they spent on a Japanese player, the most money I think ever for a Japanese position player like that we never seen. They spent a lot of money on their bullpen this year. I like that, but they're going to let Bogarts walk. They're going to let J.D. Martinez walk. It's like, what's the plan of action for the Red Sox here? You let these homegrown stars that are Hall of Fame, historic type players like Bogarts and Mookie Betts either walk in free agency or you trade them before they even hit free agency. Like, I just don't get the plan of attack for the Red Sox. And now it's like how I view the Red Sox among all the teams in the American League. Like if they signed Xander Bogarts, like I would have thought the Red Sox were going to be one of the best teams in the American League next season. Um, maybe not like a World Series contender, but I would have put them right in that play playoff mix. But now I look at the Red Sox in the American League without Xander Bogarts. I'm like, I definitely have all the playoff teams that made it last year ahead of the Red Sox. And then after that, you can make a real argument for maybe the the Twins or the Orioles, two teams that were in the wild card mix until the end, being better than the Boston Red Sox too. And you can even make the case for maybe the Angels who only finished like five wins behind the Red Sox, maybe the Chicago White Sox who finished with more wins than the than the Boston Red Sox. Like there's so many teams now in the American League that you're like, yeah, uh, I, I probably like that team more than Boston next season. And for the San Diego Padres now, with Xander Bogarts, like the Dodgers have still an elite rotation. They're going to have a pretty good lineup, but they've definitely lost some pieces this year. The St. Louis Cardinals, they're making moves with the Wilson Contreras of the deal, uh, with the Wilson Contreras on the market, but I don't know what the rest of that division is doing. Like, yeah, the Chicago Cubs signed Cody Bellinger and they finished 2022 really strongly, but I don't believe in the Cubs. The Brewers seem like they don't really want to win games and they might blow up that rotation. The NL East is stacked in that top three teams. You know, the Braves, Mets, and Phillies seem like they're going to be in the playoff mix once again. The Miami Marlins, if they can add some offensive pieces, could be in the mix. But right now, the Padres, like you definitely put the Padres on tier one of World Series contenders heading into next season. It was a great move by them. It ripped my heart out of my chest. But at the end of the day, the D-backs didn't pony up the money. The Red Sox didn't pony up the money. And the Padres did. So what can you do? Now, for the first time in a while, I want to tell you about this special product that I love to eat after the gym because you got to hit that metabolic window to get your protein in. And there's no better way to get a quick hit of protein that also tastes delicious than eating a Bilt Bar. Because first off, for anyone who hasn't tried Bilt Bars before, they're literally the best tasting product. They're literally the best protein bars ever built. Bars and built in the same sentence almost tricked me. Actually, they did trick me a little bit, but they're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low sugar and calories. Just sink your teeth into that first bite and it'll change your life forever, just like me. I'm not kidding. There will be a time before you try these new Built Bars, and then after you try it, you'll be like, whoa, I don't remember life before ever trying a Bilt Bar. And the magical, wonderful time afterwards, you're probably wondering which new flavors my favorite. That's an, un that's an unanswerable question to say the least because they're all unbelievable and they're all different. So how can you order just one flavor? You gotta get yourself a mix box so you can try all the flavors. Bilt Bar, you gotta try it. Get 15% off your order right now by using code LOCKEDON15 at Bilt.com.
right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the podcast. And now with the D-backs not signing Xander Bogarts, let's look at some other free agents that are probably out the D-backs price range, probably not realistic at all, but would definitely make us feel better if the D-backs were able to go out there in free agency and sign these players. It would make us forget all about the almost Xander Bogarts experience, which is probably, we probably weren't even an almost, but at least we were considered a serious suitor, I guess. And the guy, the first guy I want to talk about is just, I'm going right off the bat. I'm going for the top. Another shortstop, Carlos Correa. We didn't get Xander Bogarts, but hey, we saw Carlos Correa just do this short-term overpay with the Minnesota Twins. And it's like, why can't the D-backs do that? Maybe it's another three-year deal where you give him opt-outs every single season and you make him decide if he wants to come back to Arizona or not because Carlos Correa is still going to be 28 years old. He's 28 years old right now. Career 279 hitter, 836 OPS, averages 28 home runs per 162 game average. Just an absolute stud, 101 RBIs, elite defensive shortstop, maybe the best defensive shortstop in baseball. Definitely going to be expensive. Probably has a price tag around uh, $30 million. I'll check in real quick with Spotrack. But for Carlos Correa, like we know he's a winner, projected around $31 million. So we know he's a winner. We know even though he's still in his late 20s, veteran probably fits perfectly the D-backs line, uh, timeline with Keto Marte and every other player on the D-backs roster. So Carlos Correa, yeah, he's going to be expensive, but if we offer him like a four-year, $120 million deal with a bunch of opt-outs, like I wouldn't mind that at all. And it's like, yeah, we didn't get Xander Bogarts. Yeah, we got Jordan Lawler coming up as a shortstop, but he's going to be so good defensively. You can move him to third base, and then you got Correa at shortstop. The left side of your infield is going to be nasty, both offensively and defensively. Carlos Correa, I don't think he's a realistic option. He's probably too expensive. He's probably looking for a long-term deal, but considering we already saw last offseason, no one is willing to pony up that long-term money for him. The Twins were willing to do the short-term money, but not the long-term money. If the D-backs can get to a three- to five-year deal with opt-outs in it, I would absolutely love Carlos Correa in some Sedona Red. Here's another fun one that's definitely not plausible at all, but would just make me so happy. What if the D-backs just went out there and ponied up the money for Carlos Rodon? I think Rodon's going to be very expensive as well, and we probably need to get like a guy of Madison Bumgarner's salary off the books before we want to offer a contract to Carlos Rodon because Carlos Rodon's market value according to Spotrack is around 32 million dollars so he's going to command a lot of money but I can see Carlos Rodon actually getting less than 32 million dollars or it's going to be like a deal where it's like 25 million dollars with incentives that bring him up to 30 million because he's someone that is just such a big injury risk 2022 was the first time he pitched over 150 innings in a season since 2016. So despite this guy being a top six Cy Young uh, vote-getter the last two years, he's someone that has dealt with a lot of injuries in his past. I think it makes him a big risk. Back-to-back all-star, led the league in FIP and strikeouts per nine this last season. I think he's an absolute stud. And if him and Zach Allen are your number one and number two in your rotation, like you got one of the best rotations in baseball with the Merrill Kelly as your number three, then you hope two of those three young guys can pop in a Ryan Nelson, Dre Jamison, a Brent Fat. Like your rotation will be stacked with Rodon. It would definitely cost a lot of money, but it's a lot easier to pay him if somehow you could get Madison Bumgarner off the payroll. I don't know how you do that, but Carlos Rodon, 
If we could get him in this rotation, that would be nasty. And the fact that we would steal him from the San Francisco Giants would just make that that much sweeter. So I wouldn't mind this deal at all. And the next play I want to talk about is another starting pitcher. Still expensive, around $20 million, but you could probably get him for $10 million less than Carlos Rodon. And Rodon's probably going to be looking for like a five to seven year deal, like a Jacob deGrom level deal. This next guy is already 33, turning 34 in February, and that is Chris Bassett, who is like your classic number two, number three starter. He would be a perfect rotation complement to both Merrill Kelly and Zach Allen, a low threes, mid threes, kind of a pitcher, a top 10 Cy Young vote getter, not a big strikeout artist, but someone with great command, great whip, not going to walk a ton of batters and can eat some innings as well. This was actually his best innings eating season. The first time he's pitched more than 160 innings in his career in his given season. So his arm might actually be fresher than most guys in their mid thirties. Yeah, he might command around $20 million, but I don't think you have to... If you could get him for like a three, four-year deal, around $20 million, like a three-year, $60 million deal, I would love that for the D-backs. I think he would be a perfect number two in this rotation, and he's got like the perfect kind of makeup that you would want in a starter. Not going to go out there and kill you. Not going to walk a ton of guys. Not going to go out there and just give a bunch of hard contact and home run. So I really like a Chris Bassett. Another guy that's probably too expensive and not realistic. But I think he'd be great for this Arizona Diamondbacks team. And then one other player I want to talk about. I don't know if he'll be the final player yet because it depends on how I'm running on time. But how about an old friend that used to play for the Arizona Diamondbacks? How about Brandon Jury who... I think has been kind of an underrated player throughout his entire major league career because even if you look at his numbers when he played with Arizona, like 2016, 282 average, a 786 OPS, 16 home runs in 134 games, 2017, 13 home runs, 764 OPS, 63 RBIs in 135 games. Like I think he's a really solid player. His numbers the last two years have been very impressive. 2021, he only played 51 games with the Mets, but in that small sample size, he definitely showed enough for the Reds to give him like a full-time opportunity in 2022 on that really bad Reds team that was trying to tank. But the Reds had to trade Brandon Jury at the trade deadline because he was damn he was just too damn good and was like a borderline all-star because Brandon Jury, uh, 813 OPS last year, 20 home runs, 87 RBIs. Like Brandon Jury is a right-handed batter who can play all over the field. So if I could get a Brandon Jury, Josh Rojas, platoon, over at third base, then you play a little Brandon Jury at second base and you could put Keta Marte at DH when there's a lefty on the mound. Like there's just so many things you could do when you have a Brandon Jury and a Josh Rojas in your lineup because of the defensive versatility of both those guys to play third, second, shortstop, outfield. Like those guys can just play all over the diamond. And Brandon Jury showed you that he's probably more than just your random utility player that plays 70 games. Like, Brandon Jury should be maybe a starter on a team. I'm not saying Brandon Jury is going to be some all-star that hits 800-plus OPS every single season, but if he's, like, your fifth or sixth best player in your lineup like he was for the San Diego Padres last year, like, I think that's just fine for Brandon Jury. Don't have too much expectations for him because if you think he's going to be one of the leaders in your lineup, then you're wrong. But if he's, like, your fifth or sixth best player, like I just said, then you definitely think that's gravy in your lineup. And Brandon Jury is definitely someone that would be interested in for the D-backs. And I don't have enough time in segment number two to talk about a couple other players that I'm interested in. So I'll keep that in my back pocket for next time.
But now let's get into that little report that I saw just searching through the web because apparently there is one team that has been very interested in the D-backs outfielders over the last 24 to 48 hours, and that is the Houston Astros. And my first reaction when I saw the Astros were interested in a D-backs outfielder was, I had two reactions. The first one was, hell no, because listen, I don't have any beef with the Houston Astros like a lot of other podcasts hosts have in the Lockdown MLB Network because they hate the Astros for cheating. And for other reasons. And I just don't care that the Astros cheated. I think basically everyone cheats in baseball. So I don't care. I just don't want to help the rich get richer if I don't have to. Like the Astros already have like an open runaway to the World Series every single season. And I don't want to just trade a D-backs outfielder to that team and make them even better. Then I have to go watch a D-backs outfielder be in the World Series every single season. So that's one reason. The second reason is because we've already been fleeced by the Houston Astros one time. We're still waiting for a Seth Beer to turn into that off offensive juggernaut like I thought he could be still waiting for JB Burskakis to be the closer of the future and we're still waiting for Corbin Martin to look like an elite frontline rotation starter until those things happen I don't want to make any more trades with the Houston Astros the only way I would consider even making a deal with the Houston Astros is is if they gave up one of these two starting pitchers because I don't I, I already know they're not giving up a Framber Valdez but if I got back a Luis Garcia or a Christian Javier for a Jake McCarthy or Alec Thomas, now we're talking. Now it's a discussion because both of those guys are 25 years old. Both of them are coming off really good season. I think both of them have upsides high enough to be number three, high-end number three starters in your rotation, or at least mid to low number two starters in your rotation. And with Zach Gallen, if you had a Zach Gallen and then like a Javier and a Merrill Kelly as the top three starters in your rotation, like I think you have a pretty good rotation and a playoff caliber rotation if that was the case. So I would only be interested in talking to the Astros if I could get a Garcia or Javier back. Otherwise, it's no deal because Mike Hazen's been talking recently like, yeah, the discussions have been heating up a little bit more, not specifically with Astros, but just around the league. I think he made some analogy that we're past the 50-yard mark, like the like the players in the deals are becoming more specific in terms of who players, uh, in terms of who, which players off the D-backs other teams want to poach is the phrase I think I wanted to say, and what other players do the D-backs want to poach from other teams, so... Apparently, to my case, and we got past the 50-yard mark. But I also have some other teams here written down that I would be interested in making a deal for one of the D-backs outfielders. We always do trade fake. We always do. Did I, did I say trade? We always do fake trades for the D-backs outfielders. So here are some other teams that would be interested in making a deal with for some of these D-backs outfielders. And when I say D-backs outfielders, it's always non-Corbin Carrolls and non-Dalton Varshows because Reading the reports on this Houston Astros deal, like going to whatever the fan-sided Houston Astros side is, they're like, yeah, we'll just love a Dalton Varsho, who is probably a little overrated, but he could be our fourth outfielder. Like, no, 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 no. We're not just giving up Dalton Varsho. Every D-backs fan thinks this guy's going to be a star, and we're just not giving him up for basically nothing. So Astros fans, get off the Dalton Varsho, Corbin Carroll train. You can have a Jake McCarthy. You can have an Alec Thomas. But to me, Varsho and Corbin Carroll are un touchable but let's get into some other teams that would be interested in making a deal with first team the Miami Marlins who we've talked about a lot on this podcast a Pablo Lopez I think would be cool but really a Jesus Lizardo I think would be really interesting considering he's 25 years old really good strikeout rate he's been 
kind of injured the last couple of years, so I think he's going to be really fresh. There's not a huge amount of tape on him. A Jake McCarthy and some stuff for Jesus Lazardo. I would absolutely love that. How about the Seattle Mariners? I would do a Jake McCarthy or Alec Thomas for maybe a Logan Gilbert or George Kirby. Gilbert, a little bit older, like 27 years old, would fit would fit would fit pretty perfectly with the D-backs timeline. George Kirby's like 24 years old. I think he'll be a little bit harder to get considering he's younger and the Mariners feel like they have a little bit more faith in his upside and potential than a Logan Gilbert. But considering the Mariners already have a former D-back starter in Robbie Ray, why not go after one of their current starters in a George Kirby or a Logan Gilbert for our own rotation? How about the Dodgers? The Dodgers might need some outfield help after not getting an Aaron Judge, after Cody Bellinger walking. Yeah, they got Chris Taylor out there. Like, who else is... They got Mookie Betts, I guess, still out there. Um, I don't even know who the third Dodgers outfielder is. I'm trying to look it up real quick. But the Dodgers could definitely use some extra outfield help. Um, yeah, Chris Taylor, Mookie Betts, and then it's like, who, Trace Thompson's going to be their other outfielder? Or are they going to re-sign Joey Gallo? Um, yeah, how about you just come get a Jake McCarthy and then give us back a Tony Gonson or a Julio Urias. Now, Urias might be like a Dalton Marshall level deal, but if I could give up a Jake McCarthy and some other prospects, I don't know, a Dominic Canzone or a Blake or a Blaze Alexander for Julio Urias, I would do that. Or if I could do a Jake McCarthy and like a Buddy Kennedy for Tony Gonsolin, I think I would do that too because the D-backs could definitely use one more rotation starter because we can't put all our eggs in the Dre Jamison, Ryan Nelson, and Brandon Fat basket. And then the last team that would be interested in making a deal for this low-key might be my dream team is the Milwaukee Brewers because they got three legit starters in Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta. And I think Freddie Peralta is the guy that I would try to target because he's the youngest of the three. He's 27 years old, really good strikeout numbers, elite opponent batting average against 358 ERA last year, injury riddled season, barely pitched, but 2021 all star, 144 innings, a 281 ERA, double digit strikeouts. Double-digit strikeouts per nine innings from 2018 to 2021. I think Freddie Peralta would just be a nasty, I've been saying that word all day on this podcast, but would be an absolute nasty addition to this D-backs team. And if you had a Freddie Peralta behind a Zach Gallen, just imagine that rotation. So D-backs, please get a deal done from one of the signings I said in segment number two. And if you are going to trade one of the outfielders, do it with the team, one of the teams that I just mentioned, please. Now that's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. That concludes another free agent Friday. So that concludes our week. So go catch up on any pods you might have missed this past week. Come back next week for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. Thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. Go make your second listen of the day. The Locked on Sports Today podcast where you go behind the scenes and beyond the scoreboard with insights from our local ets- from our local experts. Wherever you get your podcasts and YouTube, of course. Thank you to everyone. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, doses.